Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. It is Monday, March the 2nd. Yes, we have jumped into a new month, and as we all know, the NHL regular season ends in April, and we are down to the final 16 games of the season for the Boston Bruins. Before we tee that up, let me remind you that my name is Ian McLaren. I am your host, and you can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. You can also find uh, the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Casts. Apple users in particular, I'd encourage you to leave a rating and a review. It will be very much appreciated and helps us stay ranked and uh, yeah, growing on Apple, which is still the uh, number one podcast app out there. Um, today is a crossover episode. I uh, spent some time this morning chatting with Adam Denker of the Locked On Lightning podcast. Uh, the Bruins play three times this week, including two games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they will play be in Tampa on Tuesday, uh, 7.30 start. Uh, Tuka Rask has been announced as a starter for that one. Then they'll remain in Florida for a game against the Panthers on Thursday, head home to play the Lightning at the Garden on Saturday evening. So Adam and I thought it would be a good idea to get together and chat, uh, to tee up those two games, to see what they mean for each of these teams. Uh, as we enter... Uh, this week, the Bruins are seven points up on the Lightning for first place uh, in the Atlantic, first place in the East. Uh, Tampa has fallen to third overall with St. Louis uh, jumping ahead of them by one point. Um, so huge games for the Bruins. Uh, I mentioned in this chat that um, it's an opportunity for the Bruins not only to lock up the Atlantic pretty much, uh, if they were able to win both games they go up by 11 points with uh, and they'd have 13 games remaining at that point so pretty much locked up and it would give them a chance to rest some guys down the stretch which would be uh, a nice luxury to have although you want to keep them fresh for the playoffs obviously um so yeah huge games coming up and Adam and I break down a bunch of stuff we'll come back tomorrow with our regularly scheduled uh, chats. We'll preview the game tomorrow night, talk about some lineup issues, some news and notes from around the NHL as well. But for now, uh, please enjoy this chat with Adam and uh, have a great Monday, friends. So I'm here with Ian McLaren from Locked On Bruins. Uh, we're just going to get into some questions today. It's not going to be very question-based. We'll just go back and forth. Uh, so Ian, Bolton Bruins are in the midst of a race for not only possession of the Atlantic Division, but as well as the number one spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, do you th- do you look at these two teams as somewhat of rivals or just two very good hockey teams battling it out in the state? Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd consider them rivals at this point per se. I think I know they had the one playoff series a couple of years ago that was that was pretty one-sided and, and Tampa Bay won, I guess, I think it was in five games that year. So I think if these two teams, I mean, the way they're tracking right now, uh, to be the top two teams in the Atlantic, and they'd be on course to kind of meet in the second round. I think if if that uh, does take place, and and it's a pretty good long series, uh, then we might see 
kind of a rivalry develop out of that. Um, I mean, the last time they did meet, we had the whole Brad Marchand licking incident uh, on Ryan Callahan uh, and uh, someone else. I can't remember who else it was, but, uh, you know, that might, um, you know, be brought up if they do meet again in, in the second round here. But um, until, yeah, until they meet in the playoffs again and, and we see some fireworks maybe and, and a longer series, I think we'll really start to see um, see a rivalry develop out of that. Unfortunately, right. yeah, due to due to Tampa Bay losing last year to, to Columbus, we didn't get to see that rematch. So if that does happen again, then I think we'll uh, we'll start to see those those sparks come up from a, a rivalry, and and that's what the NHL, I guess, intended with this uh, divisional kind of playoff format that they've come up with. Right. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of a lot of fans as well as the NHL. Uh, would love to see these two teams become somewhat rivals. And it, it could be difficult since these two teams last met only in November. So maybe we'll see some sparks fly this week as they get uh, two games with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're safely, you know, the Bruins are safely seven points ahead of the Lightning right now. Uh, do you think the Lightning could catch your Bruins and possibly leapfrog them in the standings? Or do you think at this point in the season that the conference and division are safely in the bag? Um. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say anything is safe at this point. Uh, Tampa Bay, they were pretty hot there for a while. Then they, I guess, lost f- four in a row and uh, then rebounded with a win uh, on the weekend. Um, these these two games will certainly dictate a lot, I think. If, um, if they split it, it's kind of a wash, obviously. So Tampa really would need to take probably three of the four points out of these two games to – to make it uh, more interesting, I guess. But um, if Boston's able to to split these two games, or even take three or four, or 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 all four points, then it's pr- it's pretty much over, I think, at that point. So these two these two games will really um, tell a big story as to how easily Boston can lock things up. They do have like sixteen games left. Tampa's got seventeen, so not a lot of room to work with. Um, and yeah, these two games will really uh, dictate how how that plays out. But uh, Boston, with the seven point lead, uh, is sitting pretty well right now, even though Tampa does have that game in hand. And um, I think yeah, these two games for sure will will um, really go a long way to to seeing how the Atlantic's going to shake out. But yeah, I'm not. The thing is, I've been talking about this a lot on my podcast too, like. The way the standings are going, even if Boston finishes first, whoever finishes first is going to get a pretty tough Metropolitan Division opponent as the wildcard team, whereas the second team is pretty much guaranteed to play Toronto at this point. And honestly, I'm not really that scared of Toronto the way that they've been going lately. Um, So I don't know if finishing first is that much of an advantage over finishing second. Um, but you know, that's just the way the playoff format is. And, um, I think, yeah, Toronto Tampa would be a, a pretty entertaining series for sure, but I, I don't think the lightning would have, uh, too, too much problem with Toronto over the course of a seven game series. Yeah, absolutely. They, they played, uh, last week and even though lo- the Ma- Maple Leafs did win that game, they do kind of play this, a similar style of hockey to where it's just basically a track race up and down the ice where, Regardless of, you know, if Toronto plays Boston or Tampa, I could see Boston 
especially how well-rounded they are, definitely stopping that offensive attack. Yeah, I mean, in the past, Toronto, I mean, uh, Lightning have been a, a really tough matchup for the Bruins in the past. Um, they just, they play, they have played different styles, but Boston has been moving more towards that um, kind of skill up and down the lineup. Um, and so I think it would be, yeah, pretty entertaining if, if Boston and Tampa were to meet in the second round. Both teams have, I think last time I checked, they were 1-2 in terms of goal differential in the NHL. I guess Colorado's second now at, at plus 49. But uh, Boston and Tampa, yeah, both have explosive offenses and play a really tight um, defensive game as well when needed. So um, I think that is an advantage to the Lightning for sure over Toronto in the first round where Vasilevsky is just far superior to Frederick Anderson at this point. I think that would be the difference, especially with uh, the way Toronto's banged up uh, on the blue line as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of the playoffs, you know, obviously a lot of things could change in the standings from here until uh, the beginning of April. Um, And, you know, every year in the playoffs, there's always one or two teams that always make the deep runs that, you know, not a lot of fans would would have predicted going into the playoffs. Now, looking at the Eastern Conference, other than Tampa and Boston, of course, are there any teams that, you know, maybe Bruin and Lightning fans should keep an eye on once uh, April starts? I mean, uh the, the the Philadelphia Flyers are really coming on strong lately. They've won six in a row, and they're only three points back of Washington for first in the Metro. So I don't know if they're taking anybody by surprise right now. But if you had told me at the beginning of the season that that's where they would be, I would have been pretty surprised, I think. Um, but they might not catch too many people by surprise heading into the postseason. Um, I really look at... Uh, Carolina right now they're a team kind of on the outside looking in they're three points back of Columbus for the uh, second wild card spot although they do have three games in hand Uh, we saw them go to the the conference finals last year where where Boston was able to sweep them Um, they've got some really serious injuries to their goaltenders right now where they're relying on their their third and fourth string guys Uh, but if they can squeak in and get their goalies back um, I think they're still a really dangerous team uh, to contend with. Um, Columbus is holding down the, the second wildcard spot right now, but um, they've kind of been uh, just surviving based on exceptional goaltending. They're really decimated by injuries. Uh, they're the only team in the playoff race with a, a minus goal differential. Uh, even the Rangers uh, are only four points back of them with two games in hand and have a a plus 14 goal differential compared to Columbus's minus four. Um, So whichever team sneaks into the wildcard spots, uh, whether it's uh, the Islanders, Blue Jackets, uh, Hurricanes, or the Rangers, I think, uh, you know, none of those teams, I don't think will be an easy out per se. And that's what I was talking about earlier about that. Um, uh, advantage maybe by dropping to second Toronto right now in the Eastern conference is, is seventh, but uh, they're, they could easily drop to ninth overall. If, if Columbus or Carolina or even the Rangers pass them, they're tied with, with uh, the Islanders at 78 points. So um, it's possible that 
The third place team in the Atlantic, which is likely going to be Toronto, would finish outside the top eight based on the the kind of old format. So uh, any of those Metro teams, I think, will be will be a tough out for uh, for the two teams that finish first in their in their divisions. But I'd say Carolina for sure is is a team to keep an eye on, um, and the Flyers, I guess. But they're they're not really a surprise, I guess, at this point. Yeah, so it's safe to say any team that kind of sneaks in um, last minute into the playoffs with the Bruins and um, the Lightning will definitely get their money's worth in terms of a playoff series. Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so the Bruins made a pretty uh, notable trade uh, this past deadline, uh, trading David Backus, Axel Anderson, and a 2020 first-round draft pick for Andre's case. Now, he... You know, just looking at his stats right, uh, right at ahead. You know, he he's not really a lot of offensive, not good offensive numbers right off the bat for a forward. Now, just curious from you know a Lightning fans' point of view, what 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 about that trade appealed most to to would appeal most to Bruins fans? Uh, I mean, they uh, have been looking for a top six forward pretty much pretty much all season long, and. Uh, yeah, Kasha has been he's been dealing with some injuries this season. Uh he hadn't played since the 7th of February with a with an upper body injury. Um his goal totals and point totals aren't aren't quite up to where we'd like to see them, but his underlying numbers are really good and he's been put on a line with um David Krejci and actually Nick Ritchie who was also acquired from the Ducks. Um and yeah, he's looked really good on that line so far. He's been getting some shots off, getting some, some chances. And um, I think just that speed and skill that he brings to the lineup is something that Boston's been looking for in their top six. Uh, yeah. For, for a while now, they made some deals last year. Uh, they traded for Rick Nash two years, two years ago to kind of fill that need. And um, I think he uh, is going to, uh, yeah, just fit in really well there on the second line. And um, it's, it's only a matter of time, I think, before he starts to hit the back of the net. He, he's looked really good so far in a couple of games that he's played up there. And um, I think uh, that will prove to be a, a pretty good addition for, for the Bruins uh, coming out of the deadline for sure. Right. And, you know, I think uh, Lightning fans are looking for the same thing in that regard with uh, Blake Coleman, especially who the Lightning acquired for, you know, they traded away their top prospect and Vancouver's conditional 2020 first round draft pick. You know, Blake Coleman's a guy who I stressed in the deadline uh, special that, you know, the Lightning needed a physical type player in their top six and they got it in Blake Coleman. But the good thing about him as well is that he could also put up 20, 25 goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the Bruins, from what I hear, the Bruins were, were pretty uh, hot on his trail as well, trying to pick up Coleman. I don't know if they were willing to give up quite as much as uh, Tampa did to, to acquire him. And I think that's kind of why they also made that deal to pick up uh, Richie from the Ducks, uh, just to add that physical presence and a guy who, who can score a little bit as well. So I think that deal specifically was uh, not a direct reaction to the Coleman trade, but um, certainly uh, a need that they wanted to fill just to get that extra big body in there to, to compete with Tampa if, if it comes down to that in the second round. Yeah, and that was definitely something uh, that Boston struggled with, especially in the finals last year when 
they didn't really have that big body guy to help them out on the ice. You know, they were kind of, I wouldn't say cruise through the playoffs, but once they ran into St. Louis in the finals, it kind of seemed like they hit a wall and just St. Louis was just playing a more physical type of game than them. And uh, I'm sure a lot of hockey fans or maybe even Bruin fans would think that maybe there were some calls that maybe didn't go the Bruins way that kind of contributed to that uh, physical play of hockey. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was uh, a few um, instances where, yeah, there were some calls that that didn't go Boston's way. Um, I really, like I was talking about earlier, Boston has been fearing more towards that, like, skilled and speed game. Uh, They don't have, like, the Milan Lucic's or Sean Thornton's like they used to when they they won the cup. Um, And, yeah, I think the addition of Richie was – in some ways to, to counter that. Um, and um, I was hoping, kind of hoping that they'd add a big body on the blue line as well, uh, but they didn't end up doing that. Um, I think last year in the final as well, like the fact that they swept Carolina, they had a couple, uh, uh, actually several days off. So they might've had a bit of rust that they were working with too. But I mean, I don't think they're thinking too much about that at this point and just looking ahead to, to this year and really trying to um, erase that loss and, and avenge it, I guess, by um, getting back there this year and and uh, trying to beat whatever Western Conference team that makes it out. Um, but yeah, the the Eastern Conference really seems like the superior conference this year, and so I think any of the teams that make the playoffs will uh, be tough to beat and and uh, could have a shot at, at getting through the East. I think. Right, it's absolutely. all luck. Not all luck, but luck plays a huge part of it in it too. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah, absolutely. In the playoffs, you know, it always, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of luck, especially for sure. Yeah, but a puck bouncing, you know, a certain way or what a call going your way. So it definitely that aspect definitely comes in handy for sure. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast for quite some time will have heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. You may not know that Locked On Bruins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bruins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listeners. A Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Bruins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated, with disposable income, then let's put our company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Again, that's advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. I was just going to ask, too, about the um, Steven Stamkos injury. I guess he's having surgery today, I think, to to deal with a, a core muscle injury. Um, he's been out a couple games already. What, uh, what kind of impact is his absence going to make on uh, the Lightning lineup and – uh, do you think it'll affect them much heading down the stretch? And uh, it, I don't know if you 
is he on track to miss maybe the first round as well? Uh, well, they're saying they said right off the bat it would be about six to eight weeks, but they think he could be back within four to six. So that's oh, okay. Thinking, um, obviously, you don't want him to rush back too quickly and then just re-injure the thing all over again. But yeah, um, you know, it's just been unfortunate with with Stamkos. You know, he's he's just had some bad luck over the years. You know, uh, during the 2013-2014 uh, uh, season, you know, he broke his leg, and then right, 20, yeah. 2017, he tore his meniscus. So it's you know, it's it's one of those things where, um, of course, it's going to affect the team in some way, just because you're 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 going to be you're going to be without your leader and your captain for about about a good month or so. And that's definitely, that's definitely something that's going to kind of hurt the team in a way. But I think there there's, this is a good core group of guys to where it won't significantly affect them that much, just because, you know, you have guys like Victor Hedman and Nikita Kucherov and even like a young leader, like Vasilevsky uh, will definitely kind of like keep things in place and kind of just hold the fort until, uh, until uh, Stamco is ready to come back. Um, and, you know, already guys like Goudreau and Coleman have definitely made an impact in, in the clubhouse. You know, if you watch, if you listen to any interview with uh, any of these players about how they, you know, how they think Coleman and Goudreau are doing thus far. And, you know, it seems like you would have thought just by the way these guys are talking about them, that they were here all the year. So it's definitely to see that there's a lot of good chemistry between the new acquisitions, as well as, you know, there's a good solid foundation, like I just said there. So, yeah, you're missing the production and the leadership, but I think that um, it it wouldn't be it won't be that much of a of a negative thing going forward to have Stamkos kind of you know this this will also help him rest up for the playoffs as well if there's any other lingering injuries. So right, yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, that uh, trade with San Jose kind of took me off guard as well, like uh, giving up a first in that trade. But I guess they. They really value what he brings to the table. And uh, what have you seen so far from him that you think um, kind of not justifies, but explains why they were willing to give up uh, that kind of uh, a pick for, for him in return? Well, I've, I've stressed on almost every episode of Locked on Lightning that the, up until the deadline that the Lightning needed a physical type player to go out there and, do the dirty work along the boards, dig out the puck and, you know, do the kind of the things that really lightning fans have always seen really Patrick Maroon consistently be doing at the season. So it's kind of, ha- it's kind of nice that they kind of needed that. And I originally wanted them to go get uh, Joe Thornton just because I thought he would be a perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah. I was and, hoping Boston would pick him up too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I heard the reports about, Thornton, when there was kind of like a little rumor going around that Boston was kind of looking at him, I was getting a little nervous about that. But, um, you know, you never want to have a guy like that, especially in the playoffs, who's a veteran kind of, you know, skating up up to you across the ice. But Goudreau is kind of like a younger version in a way. Obviously, you know, he has a long way to go before he could be, you know, in the same talent class as Thornton. But, yeah, I think more so – you know, they, 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 they believe that this is the final piece along with Coleman to definitely round out the team and to make, make a deep push towards, you know, the cup finals. And, you know, it was definitely a confusing move at one point when they made the trade with Florida right before that to get Greco. So to see them flip him immediately days later was 
um, it kind of that that trade kind of made more sense um, as as you heard about the Gaudreau trade. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Was there anything else that uh, you were wondering about about the Bruins or? Uh, I guess one last thing before I let you go is, uh, so what are your predictions for this week? You know, obviously, you know, I, I wouldn't expect you to not be, you know, unbiased and not, not pick the Bruins, but, um, how, how do you think this, these two games are going to shape up and, you know, how, how, how is it going to reflect maybe towards playoff time if they, if, uh, the Bruins and the Lightning do meet? Yeah. I mean, I was reading, uh, I think it was, a article on the Boston Herald this morning from uh, Marissa and Jemmy. She was talking about how Boston is, they really have a, a good opportunity here, obviously to, to not lock up the Atlantic division, but really secure it if they take both of these games. And um, that would give them an opportunity to kind of rest some guys down the stretch um, and, uh, kind of a load management situation. So I think they will be pretty motivated to to kind of close the door on the lightning. Um, in terms of predictions, I don't it's really hard to say obviously uh, how it's gonna all play out, but I could I, I would imagine um, the most logical situation would be they maybe both win on home ice and kind of split split the, it's not really a true home and home either because they both have games in between i think boston's going to play in florida on thursday and then they're both back uh in boston to to play on on saturday i think yeah. um so yeah I, I would kind of expect them to to split these two games uh, maybe one of the teams will pick up uh a, kind of the extra point and maybe we'll get like uh seven points for each or you know out of the two games one team getting three the other team getting four uh but i'd be surprised if if either kind of wins both in regulation uh that would be my kind of thinking on things what what are you what are you picturing coming out of these games i think they're i i i'm i think i'm right on board with you with that i think they're going to split both games um i believe i think they're going to be tight games uh coming down to the wire in regulation i don't really see any of these teams um, really blowing the other team out the building. Um, I don't see really either team really having a, a more drastic edge than the other. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to split it. And I think that these two teams they are more concerned right now on just getting ready for the playoffs and resting certain players that need the rest going forward. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I think, I mean, both, both teams are in a pretty good spot and will have home ice advantage uh, in the first round. It looks like barring, you know, complete disaster. Um, mm-hmm. And both teams, I think will be pretty comfortable with their first round matchups, uh, no matter if it's a, you know, the Leafs in third or one of those Metro wildcard teams. Um, again, we saw last year that anything can happen in the first round, but um, I don't, I don't think either really values first place overall that much. They just want to be healthy and, you know, playing well heading into the, to the opening round. So yeah, I think you'll see, like you said, pretty tight, pretty tight games, uh, kind of a playoff style, tight checking and uh, 
low scoring and uh, some pretty good, pretty good battles. And hopefully it'll be a, a, a second round preview. And uh, that would be a pretty excellent series, I guess, for sure. Yeah, I think that a lot of people would like to see these two teams run into each other in the playoffs. Uh, well, mm-hmm. thank I really appreciate you doing this. I know you're a busy guy and you have a lot going on. So thank you for doing this with, uh, with me on this Monday. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for chatting as well. And uh, maybe we'll catch up in the playoffs. If these two teams do, uh, do end up meeting each other in the second round, we'll have to do uh, a few preview shows and talk about the series. If it, if it comes down to that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, definitely. Cool. All right, man. Have a good rest of the day.